0: Happy anniversary, Erica.
1: Happy anniversary, Stephen.
0: So, we've watched episodes two and three of The Chase, titled The Death of Time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And... <laughs>
1: I wish I wish the listeners could see the face that you just made, that weird
0: eye roll. Why? Mm-hmm. And uh, Flight Through Eternity.
1: That one makes sense. We actually had a run of pretty good titles there for a while. The Space Museum had decent titles it actually made sense yeah um even 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 the executioners is not a terrible title for the the beginning of of the chase uh but yeah um the and the flight through eternity kind of makes sense but yeah the death of time mm, no i'm gonna veto that one
0: no uh the death of iridians i'd like to point out mm-hmm. that uh the planet this is another terry nation thing yeah where they uh he names planets after um their distinguishing features the odd thing is, is of course the iridians who the doctor and barbara just happened upon off screen um w- lived on a lush water world <laughs>
1: amphibious Am- they're
0: amphibious creatures <laughs> amphibious creatures so why they would call it Iridius? maybe they renamed their planet once it became arid
1: probably iridian arid means something completely different in their language and that's just something that the tardis didn't Translate because the TARDIS has a sense of humor. Right. So you know, Aridius actually just meant soil or water or something like that. But because arid means dry and desert-like in English on Earth, the TARDIS was like, "Hee hee, I'm having a little joke," and decided not to translate that word. Head cannon.
0: I suppose.
1: Usually, you accept my my headcanon when it makes such perfect sense.
0: It does make sense, but I've just watched two episodes of the Chase, so I'm I'm oh. <laughs> I'm in I'm in uh, less of a humor these days, perhaps. How how, how did you feel about this uh, this these two episodes?
1: I'm still enjoying it. I'm I mean I'm not as in love with it as I was the the first episode. I I really enjoyed the camaraderie of the first episode, mm-hmm. and we've really gotten more into the. Run around chase, really? I mean, it's it's a well named story. Uh, so far, they're just kind of you know, it's it's goofy, um, but it it really feels like a romp. This is the rompiest romp that they have done so far, and it's I don't know, it's working for me. There's still there's still enough camaraderie going on. There's still enough humor. Um, we get to see you know, Ian gets uh gets knocked down and all bloody. In the face and stuff and vicky has to has to take care of him and make sure that he doesn't fall into a giant pit and then run <laughs> around and i actually liked the iridians i felt i felt a lot of pathos there i felt really bad for their society you know the the sun's moving closer you and i both said tatooine at exactly time, the same now. time um and, and yeah, I, f- I felt bad for them, and I I appreciated their plight when the Daleks came along and said, we're going to destroy your entire city, everything you have left, if you don't give up these people. And they seemed they seemed sad about it, but they honestly, they made the right choice. If it was me, I would do the same thing, because otherwise the Daleks are just going to destroy everybody, and they'll die anyway, so why not hand them over?
0: Um, it was,
1: you know, it was a piece of... Coincidence that the uh, the pit monster happened to know oh,
0: and that's Jack Pitt playing the Meyer beast <laughs>
1: thank you Meyer Beast. I couldn't remember that I just yeah. remembered that Jack Pitt's last name was Pitt and they lived down in pits and that was just too perfect it's so amazing, isn't it? Yeah. yeah so they're pit beasts for me now right. um, th- that you know it happened to bust through the wall just at the right time but you know what that's that's television really mm-hmm. that's that's going to happen so that was kind of exciting and I liked I liked Ian's plan. To have the Dalek, you know, go over the sticks, and they had to sacrifice yet another one of Barbara's, Barbara's cardigans. Mm-hmm. That was funny. Yeah. Uh, I loved the fact that Ian was out doctoring the Doctor. He was like, "Give me your coat. I'll explain later." Was basically basically what it boiled down to. He's he's just getting stuff set up, and the Doctor's like, "What are you doing?" And he's like, "No, no, I just I just need to do this. It's going to work. I promise you." That was awesome. That's the kind of stuff that I just I quite enjoy. So. You know, the, the slight boringness of some of them running around and getting captured is more than offset for me by the delightfulness of the characters interacting with each other. Um, the, there were even a couple of camera moves that I think looked really cool, except I think that the couple of camera moves that looked really cool were accidental successes because most of the camera work and stuff was pretty terrible. The direction, not so good.
0: Episode three might be one of the most appallingly directed episodes of Doctor Who I've seen yet. Wow! There are well, uh, there's one episode. There's a scene in episode one where we have to we have to see all six all six Daleks go (laughs) into the time machine. Mm -hmm. Of course, there's only three, Mm -hmm. so there's all three go around the door and do it twice, and it takes an interminable amount of time with no music. The music runs out. The pre-recorded music runs out, and we're just left watching these Daleks go through. Uh, and then there's occasional, like, sw- you know, switching errors. There's a there's a gag gag In when quotes. when the uh, when the Nor- um, New York um, tour guide at the top of the building sort of goes, you know what? And, and you will look out all the vistas, and he looks. He's supposed to look over at uh, a woman there. Mm-hmm and the switcher mistakenly cuts the stock footage of the, the city square that you see ah. about a minute or two later and thus spoiling the entire game and it's just and the, that's okay the cameras are in just off positions and therefore you know iridian's die before they get shot and mm-hmm. it's just like it's just a so sloppy mess at some at times and it just ah, oh, it, inf- it infuriates me The story but mostly down to direction and also because episode 3 is one of the most pointless episodes of Doctor Who ever made. It's <laughs> just two, you know, light comedy vignettes um in the middle of a story that's just them chasing around. And really at the end, at the beginning of of episode 3, the Daleks are 12 minutes behind the TARDIS crew. Mm-hmm. At the end they are eight. Mm-hmm. So it took form it took 24 minutes to get 4 minutes ahead in this story. Basically is is what I mean to say.
1: I think it's fine. I like the, fa- you know, they're being chased. That's, yep. that's that's what happens. I I think it's fun. I, I there's an echo, a little bit of an echo of the keys of Marinus for me in that they are going to different locations, trying to you know achieve their their ends, and we get to see lots of different sets and see them running around in different places, and I find that fun. I mean, in this case, their end is simply to get away from the Daleks, and they keep failing. But of course they're going to keep trying, and they're going to end up somewhere. So why not here? I agree that the direction is is lousy, but mm-hmm. I can, I can for the most part ignore that. I didn't even get the uh, the joke with the uh, the vistas and the woman. I could see that he was looking over at the woman, mm-hmm. and then suddenly. There is a picture of a street like from overhead. It's not even a Vista in no. any, any way, shape or form. So I, I was very confused by that. And now, now I understand. Yeah. There's a lot of, a lot of lousy stuff, but, uh, in episode two, there was that moment where Ian is running down the tunnel and you get this crazy, like crash zoom out, um, along with him. That was neat looking.
0: That's true. Oh, the, um, uh, it wasn't Ian. It was, uh, it was what do you call it. It's Barbara is the other three. I know the shot you mean because I was like impressed by it. No, maybe they did a similar shot twice. Then
1: it was it was definitely Ian. Okay. It was definitely Ian uh, running ahead of Vicky, I believe, in the tunnel when they're running away from the Meyer Beast, and it's when they're he's running along, and then they run into the second Meyer Beast at the end of at the end of that zoom. Like they stop, and then then and then right after that is when Ian throws a rock at it, and they try to run the one. other way.
0: I thought you, there was another and some similarly impressive zoom. Where they're running away from the Mire Beast, having conveniently eaten all the um, the Mm Iridians, thus uh, necessitating their escape, and um, yeah.
1: Mm -hmm. And there's some neat, there's some neat sort of special effects type stuff too. I mean, just just the uh, the spinning things on the wall and the Dalek ship are kind of neat looking. And you know when you get the the Dalek looking up close into the spinny thing, and then it opens up into a little view screen. Mm-hmm. That was a nice thing, too. You get the weird kaleidoscope effect with the TARDIS thro- flying through that uh, at the end of the episode. So there's some there's some fun stuff, uh, visually, that I have to give props for. It's not all bad.
0: No, it's not all bad. Um, but it could be much better.
1: Oh, and what about the fact, too, just in story-wise, that not only do the Daleks have a time machine now, but it's a dimensionally transcendent vehicle, like it's small enough to land on the top of the Empire State Building. And speaking of the Empire State Building, we get Peter Purvis, which, I mean, it's really kind of terrible but he's he's as good as you can expect him to be in yep. a
0: part like that he, he, he plays a caricature basically mm-hmm. yeah
1: yeah which is delightful I love Peter Purvis so that was that was fun and he looked like he was enjoying himself so there was that and and I really did like the interaction with the TARDIS crew because they're just sort of nonplussed by his reaction and he is just going for it and mm-hmm. really really excited and he's like oh you're not all gonna fit in there and my favorite part is where they all just say okay bye yeah. like just very nonchalant and just walk in, walk back into the TARDIS I couldn't help but laugh that was great
0: mm-hmm. the, the great thing about 1960s television is you're basically watching Peter Purvis's audition mm-hmm. for the next companion right there because everyone enjoyed his presence on set especially William Hartnell mm. uh, got along with him really well and so yeah uh spoilers
1: <laughs> they're gonna be just gonna be another companion
0: three weeks later he becomes the next companion that is unheard of you would never ever ever see that in in doctor who today uh so i enjoy that and uh, because it's just a sign of how tv was made back then it was such a weekly you know week in week out kind of thing
1: also story wise i was thinking wow ian and barbara Ended up on Earth right there. They could have left the TARDIS at that moment and just, you know, somehow found a way to get home. I understand. I understand when they didn't because they're being chased by the Daleks. Everything is, you know, happening re- very fast. It's probably not a great time to leave the Doctor and Vicky on their own. I can imagine that they would then always have to wonder for the rest of their lives if they managed to get away from the Daleks. Mm-hmm. If, if, uh, if the Doctor and Vicky had gotten away from the Daleks and they might have to live with that guilt for the rest of forever. Um, they were in a hurry. So, But the fact that they didn't even mention that was kind of like, huh, wow, you guys must be distracted by the Daleks. Yes, we'll go with that.
0: Uh, they are, because, and good thing they are too, because you know, 30 seconds after they disappear, mm-hmm. the Daleks arrive, so they would have had a 30-second head start. Mm-hmm. Basically, as long as it takes to get from the top of the uh, Empire State Building to the bottom, according oh. to that... That dead-on New York-accented oh uh, tour guide.
1: What? What was that supposed to be? I oh wow, that was that was terrible. I mean, the, Peter Purvis's Morton Dill was not the greatest, but it wasn't it wasn't terrible, terrible, awful. Mm-hmm. That the tour guide was terrible, terrible, awful.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That's how. Uh, I wonder where um, where British actors and actors in general got their accent coaching and you know I'm just wondering if they if they only knew of such things from like watching American movies you know it's not like
1: I'm I'm sure there were voice coaches yeah I mean but well, there were there have been voice coaches in Hollywood for you know since movies became talkies mm-hmm. basically don't you remember uh, was it singing in the rain yes diction coaches, you know, Moses supposes. All remember right. the song? Uh,
0: I don't remember that, but mm. uh I will point out uh Dick Van Dyke in Mary Poppins. Um was there a voice coach on set for that?
1: No comment. I'll have you know that Liz from Verity has no problem with Dick Van Dyke's accent in Mary okay. Poppins, so there you go.
0: Well if Liz thinks it's okay <laughs>
1: Sure. And then we also get to find out uh, what happened to the Mary Celeste, which is actually pretty depressing, because if the doctor hadn't landed there, all those people wouldn't have died. So way to go, doctor.
0: Yeah. And they hammer it home, too, because, uh, you know, they do a big, um, huge sort of pan across, dissolving different shots of the deserted ship. And then it ends on the Mary Celeste sign, the sign that we've seen three times already in the scene. Which you already spotted.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I had spotted earlier. And then, to hammer it home even more, Ian points out that he saw the name of the ship and he says it. <sighs> Which, I mean, it being a kid's show, if... if younger kids had heard of the Mary Celeste and aren't great readers right. that might help for them but it still did seem like pound after pound after pound of the of the nail into the head
0: honestly uh and I have to admit the only time I had heard of the Ma- the first time at least I had heard of the Mary Celeste mm-hmm. was a reference in Modern Undead so <laughs> so it's because of Doctor Who that I know about things and then it's further explained in another episode of Doctor Who that actually came first but that I saw later
1: yes Yeah, I learned a lot from Doctor Who, too, so Mm -hmm. there's no shame in that.
0: Um, It's 12.01 as we Mm -hmm. speak right now. It's officially the end of our anniversary, although technically uh, on March 2nd, 2014... I think we were still an hour and a half away from home at this point after a long journey from the border. Mm -hmm. Um,
1: Yeah, it's a long, long, long drive mm -hmm. from the border to Edmonton.
0: I have to point out, too, and we'll get to this later on, but during that trip, you listened to Doctor Who audio episodes, like missing episode audio, right? Which ones did you listen to?
1: Uh, There was only one missing episode that we listened to. My mom and I drove across the country and we listened to the Daleks Master Plan.
0: Right. Is that the only one? What else did you listen to? Uh,
1: we listened to some Big Finish. Oh, we okay. listened to Sirens of Time and... The very first one. Yeah, the very first one. And then also one of the Eighth Doctor audios with... Lucy Miller? I think it was one of the Lucy Miller ones. It was
0: a Blood of the Daleks.
1: I don't think it was... Oh, maybe. if was It was the
0: first one. So. I know.
1: I had already listened to the whole first season of those, so I can't remember if I went back and re-listened to Blood of the Daleks. No, actually, I think it was the first one of the second season. Okay. Yeah, that's what it was. So it was her introduction to those Eighth Doctor stories, and for me, it was the first one of the next season, but I wasn't real crazy about it and never listened anymore.
0: Oh. But you liked Daleks Master Plan though.
1: Yeah my mom this was my mom's second time listening to it she yeah. really really liked it and i quite enjoyed it
0: i watched the chase and i th- i look forward to the dalek's master plan that's what i think of both things right now
1: well i am still enjoying the chase it's not it's not like a, a great favorite or anything but boy if i had a choice between watching this and the aztecs again i would watch the chase any day
0: controversy <laughs> I think I've said this on pretty much every other Doctor Who podcast that I've been a part of, but this is one of those rare times where Doctor Who feels smug and they just feel very self-satisfied and they can do anything mm-hmm. and they're sort of treating the Daleks which were like, you know, the big thing in Doctor Who at that time was kind of a joke. And I don't know, I just I just get a bad vibe from it. There's not many episodes of Doctor Who that I just get a bad smug vibe from. I'd count maybe f- four. Literally four Doctor Who stories in history. Um, And this is one of them.
1: Well, I guess I can see what you mean by smug. Mm. But, you know, one man's snug is another person's... Smug.
0: Oh, I thought you said snug.
1: (laughs) No, well, snug. If I did, I didn't mean to. I'll blame it on the second glass of wine. Uh, No, one man's smug is uh, another person's enjoying themselves.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I suppose. I will say this. I have enjoyed watching it with you.
1: Yeah, You know, I was thinking before we started this episode that I am pretty lucky, not to get too schmoopy here, uh, but I am pretty lucky not only to have found someone who who I get along with so well and who puts up with me and everything, but who, when I suggest that we stay in on our anniversary and watch Doctor Who all night long, says yes, like, I am the luckiest girl in the world.
0: Remember this when we're watching all those recon's for series, season three, four, and five, okay? It's
1: a good thing we're recording this. You can always play it back for me.
0: Yep. I have proof. <laughs> all right. Um, I, that's probably it for tonight, right?
1: Yeah. We probably shouldn't go on any longer. Okay. Well,
0: hey, that's six episodes. That's more, six more episodes of, uh, of Doctor Who we watched in an evening. Mm-hmm. We, I like these little marathon things from time to time. Um, because I don't know when the next time we're going to watch uh, the rest of the chase is. It's a busy few days for us, I think.
1: Yeah, who knows? And I, this doesn't seem to be one you're going to be raring to get back to, so...
0: Oh, no, no, no. I'm raring to get back to it, uh, if only to get it over with. <laughs> um, so I'm, I if I didn't have to work tomorrow, I, I'd say we'd press on with episode four, but that's probably not going to happen.
1: Yeah, you do have to work tomorrow. Yeah. And I have to apply for jobs tomorrow so that someday I can go back to work again too.
0: That's true. Mm-hmm. So I guess we'll sign off then. And uh until what's the next episode? Journey into ter- Journey through terror.
1: I think it was into.
0: Journey into terror.
1: I'm getting my prepositions mixed up.
0: I think so. Episode four of the chase anyway.
1: hmm Uh it's not technically true anymore, but I'm gonna say it anyway, just to to cap things off. Happy anniversary.
0: Happy anniversary.